Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're in episode 238. I'm glad you could join us. We got a couple topics here and then a returning guest that we're very excited to hear about. So let's get started at the top of the list with some introductions, starting with Jay. Pokey's at me. Sorry. That is you, Jay. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> so, the, one of the first times in 238 episodes, I am called first to introduce myself. My name is Jason, and I am not paying attention. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, Livy, you're up. Hi, I'm Libby, one of the co-hosts here for Biomast and um, Destiny player, and uh, I think that's all we've been doing so far. <laughs> Lots of Destiny lately. Lots of Destiny. <laughs> all right, and Nomex, you're up. Welcome back, man. Thank you. It's very good to be back. Uh, my name's Nomex, Nomex Gallant. Uh, started out uh, really getting into this uh, actually with Pokey and uh, old school gamers back in the day and Jason um, back in the day and uh, just happy to be back on the show. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. And I am Pokey Draven. I help host the show. I've been playing an exorbitant amount of Destiny Crucible this week to a point of absolute exhaustion, but I am doing well and glad I could be here. So let's get started real quick with a couple topics before we kind of transition into what Nomex has to share with us. But Destiny 2 uh, has its dawning event running this week. Uh, Jay, what were your thoughts on this? How, how do you think they handled it? Are you enjoying it so far? Yeah, um, I would say week two is a lot better than week one. Uh, so the dawning in and of itself is actually, they did a really good job with it this time. Uh, it's, it's, it's very fun. You know, they kind of spruce up the, the social spaces, the tower. There's some pretty cool little events with, uh, with some neat kind of exotic uh, sparrows and, and ships and things like that. Um, overall, pretty fun event. It's better than, better than most, of, most of the stuff they've done in the past. They're getting a lot better with these sort of seasonal events. These sort of, you know, like the themed seasonal events that they're really doing pretty solid with. Um, it does coincide a bit with, uh, black armory, uh, which I can talk about here in just a second, but the dawning in and of itself actually doing pretty good, doing pretty fun. Uh, you get to go around, bake some little cookies and stuff, you know, you get to find the different recipes and all that kind of good stuff, or you can cheat and do your Reddit. Uh, but it's a, it's a way to get, get some cheap kind of free gear. Most of it's sort of, um, you know, just there to shard for parts and things like that. Uh, but. It's uh, it's actually kind of cool because you kind of can like build up this sparrow, this like sort of a Santa sleigh looking sparrow that you get. It looks like a cross between a Harley and a and Santa sleigh. It's pretty it's pretty slick actually. Um, and as you level it up, you, you get some different sort of um, like perks to it. And actually, if you fully level it up, it's actually a really useful sparrow. It does a lot of cool things for you. Um, that being said, uh, overall the event in and of itself. Looking pretty good. The lore tabs that are associated with the dawning, uh, I, without spoiling them, I would tell you that the writers at Bungie are on point in terms of building a, a really deep story world, uh, and they're really like hitting on all cylinders in the story stuff. Even though there's no, there's not like an updated campaign or other um, like classic story-driven activities that are nested inside. In, inside the game with the Black Armory update. Now, all the lore tab stuff is is really good uh, as it pops up. And then when you go through different uh, activities and you like listen to the you know some of the new characters, the new NPCs, and then really go through the raid, it's pretty cool. It definitely is giving you a much more uh, immersive type environment in terms of a game world, uh, and it does tell a pretty fascinating story. Uh, so. 
Now, that being said, reference Black Armory specifically, uh, I was I had some really mixed feelings about it for the first week and a half or so. Uh, basically, what they did is it, it is pure end game content. So the the idea is that you're at max level, max power capability uh, at when the dawning started. You probably couldn't really compete very well in the first couple forge activities that they offered. The new activities, the forge. Um, it's sort of an, an escalation protocol style uh, event. There's a couple of mechanics where you basically you know throw like a little like a little glowing ball into uh, into the big you know, triangular battery thing uh, to power up the forge, and then you eventually get a weapon out of it. Uh, the long story short, there is there's multiple forges, and they unwrap every every week. You're getting a new forge for about the next four weeks. There's a ton of hidden stuff out there. There's a ton, a ton of hidden kind of secrets and little things in there that you really got to get after to figure out what's going on inside the game, uh, but in a good way. Now, what what I will say though is. It is absolutely geared towards in-game players. So if you weren't at 600 light, aka max power, uh, when Black Armory dropped, you basically paid for not quite a DLC. It's almost more like your annual subscription fee, where they increase your level cap, and you're paying for having more things to grind for after you get to max power. So that wasn't really communicated very well, I think, leading up, which created some uh, kind of not a, kind of a rough rollout for the first week and a half or so. Now it's much more level, much more smoothed out as more people are kind of at the appropriate power level. Uh, but they probably in the in the next season that comes out this spring, uh, when they do another power increase and it's like another sort of like seasonal installment kind of thing. Uh, I want to say March, uh, March or April maybe. Uh, I think what they're going to need to do is whatever the first activity they add should be exactly at. Uh, recommended power is exactly at whatever the end game power is uh, for folks, you know, coming out of this, coming out of this season. So it's not, it's not horrible, uh, but it did kind of create a bottleneck or a bit of a content wall for the first week and a half. And it, you know, and, and honestly, like if you're at five eight, if you were at five eighty light or five seven five sixty light, maybe you'd done everything Forsaken had to offer, which is still probably one of the best DLCs I've ever seen in any game. Um, it kind of it kind of caught you flat-footed a little bit, uh, and, you, and you're, you're definitely struggling. You're not able to get into some of the new stuff, quote-unquote. That's that's definitely something Bungie needs to, to take a look at uh, going forward is how they roll these things out and kind of uh, uh, push the end game a little bit, but they also make got to make you think you're getting your money's worth if you're not quite a uh, max-level player, so to speak. But overall, it's looking pretty good. Between the Dawning and Black Armory, ton of stuff to do in Destiny right now. Now, that being said... Going to Livy's point, that's also I think a lot of people are playing a lot of Destiny right now as they're waiting on things like Anthem to come out. So um, we'll see how this kind of goes in, in, the, in the near future. But like I said, there's no lack of things to do, and the game is actually in pretty solid shape right now. Yeah, we experienced a bit of even like a week after uh, the the content dropped. I think I was at like six. 616 something like that and then Livy and Dante were at like 605 66 something like that and we like could not do it like we're not by any means like star players I'm sure people out there can do it you know right out of the gate but we were really struggling with it and it didn't actually get a chance to complete it and kind of said let's take an extra week to kind of grind everyone up a little bit more and, and get to the point where we can actually do the content which is it's just fine I think it's difficult when people are used to a 
a model where Bungie drops a chunk of content and it's meant to be like immediately accessible regardless of what you're doing and, you know, off you go. It's definitely a mental shift. I think that, you know, the players need to kind of get their heads around. I, I certainly was uh, caught off guard by it. But then, like you said, Bungie should probably communicate that a little bit better by saying like, hey, listen, it's, it's going to be brutal. You know, you probably can't do the new stuff on day one or maybe tweak how they scale stuff. So maybe you can do something on day one, but then there's a, a higher prestige version that you can work on to kind of do down the line, something like that. But uh, no, I, I think the model will work well. I know we kind of commented a bit before in previous episodes about how they're kind of mimicking a pseudo subscription model where you're kind of prepaying for like, you know, months of content and you'll kind of get trickle feed throughout, you know, throughout the, that time period. I like it. I think it works well. Um, it's difficult to kind of get people's heads around that without saying it's a subscription because it's not really, but you know, you kind of have to look at it like it's going to be a trickle of content, not so much big, huge chunks all at once, which I know is kind of a complaint with this one where they said it's only bare bones, you know, there's not much to do. I'm like, well, but you got to look at the fact that they're really going to kind of spread this out over a really long period of time. Um, I'm personally fine with it. I think it'll work well. It's just going to take some uh, adjustment, I think, on how people are thinking about it. Yeah, no, I think that's that's pretty accurate. Um, one of the things that is pretty cool, though, is you know a lot of people refer to it as the, like the trickle feed of content. I I don't I, I I absolutely understand where that comes from. I've used that term before. I would say that it's probably um, definitely more than a trickle. I would say it's just more of a, a steady uh, a steady update. Like pretty much every week, you can expect there's probably something big or small new in the game. That was a model that they used in Forsaken, and and, and frankly, it worked great. Um, kept people interested in having having a lot to do, which is sort of sort of one of the big things. Like you said, Destiny was generally a you go into like a kind of feast mode with content for a couple three weeks, and then you sort of were sort of done for a while, uh, and you could kind of go out and play some other games, kind of keep things warm on Destiny every once in a while. But now, I think they're kind of really wanting you to have a much more uh, consistent engagement with the game. And that's the, now I, I think this is going to work out for them. So if they kind of keep, keep this up and then, you know, periodically once, maybe twice a year, they have like the forsaken size content drop that kind of keeps it, you know, almost like your annual refresh. Uh, that is definitely going along the lines of the game to service sort of, you know, almost the wow model, you know, and I think that's, that's definitely where their, where their heads are at right now. And, and so far, uh, you know, I think it's going to be okay. They, I think they're going to they're going to do fine. Uh, like I said, if they had ironed out the rollout on Black Armory, probably would have been a lot better. But other than that, I, like I said, I think they're in good shape, man. Um, one quick segue uh, before we kind of break off into some you know, some other neat stuff. Before, uh, I think we're going to hit on Monster Hunter. Um, so we, I mentioned that you know a lot of people are kind of waiting around to to see Anthem. Well. The other game that we talked about last week, uh, Outer Worlds, which kind of debuted at the games uh, at the Game Awards. Just quick, quick reference. Check that out on YouTube on the, the trailer. Uh, I'm going to assume anybody that listens to this probably has seen it. Uh, 4.5 million views in the roughly week or less that that's been out. That probably should tell you about what people's interest in that game is. Um, and I think it's going to hit all the notes that we talked about in terms of, uh, you know, my bad, Bethesda, you had a chance and, and you blew it. And now I think Obsidian is going to take your cheese. 
yeah, no, that one's definitely worth keeping an eye on. I'm I'm pretty excited for it because Obsidian does some good work and people have remembered that and recognized that what they're doing is a really good thing. And I, you're totally right that I think Bethesda kind of dropped the ball on this one. Um, there's rumors of them adding loot boxes to Fallout 76. And I'm just like, okay, whatever. If you guys do your own thing, I'm going to be looking at what Obsidian's working on because it looks, it looks really good. Uh, and then one thing I wanted to kind of transition to real quick, like Jay mentioned, uh, I, I said last week when we were kind of talking about uh, Monster Hunter World, mentioning they had some new news upcoming. So that finally came out. They had a about 15-minute uh, developer blog to kind of talk about the state of the game, what's coming up, and then kind of their plans for the next year, which is some pretty cool stuff. I haven't played Monster Hunter World in some time. I played it like a solid like six or seven months like nonstop. Decided to kind of take a break from it and move on to some other games, but it's kind of one I've, I've kept my eye on. So I was I was excited to see this. And they get in, they kind of talk about like, hey, you know, we really want to thank everyone who's been playing this. It's been great. And they were talking about some of the upcoming events they're doing. So a couple cool ones I kind of wanted to mention. Um, so Arc Temper Nurkagante is coming up. That is going to be kind of the um, big piece of like uh, the final final boss sort of at the game. They have the Arc Tempered version, which is like the more difficult version of it it's got some new uh movement behavior some new attacks it does it's it's the same kind of fight but there are some new mechanics you kind of have to watch out for and I've, I've enjoyed the fights in the past from the other arc tempered monsters they did it was it was really fun kind of a a cheap way to inject some additional content that provided some some new stuff to grind for a new experience it, it's worked out really well and I've, I've liked what they've done with that so that's pretty cool uh, the other one is that they're actually getting another crossover event. So Monster Hunter World or Monster Hunter in general has been known for having a lots of crossovers with other games. They're not afraid of kind of breaking the fourth wall and bringing in elements from from other titles. Like one of my favorite ones was they brought in the Behemoth from, which is an iconic monster from the Final Fantasy series, and they brought that into Monster Hunter World as an actual monster you could hunt. It's really cool, really awesome. It was something they'd never done before, but it was, it was very, very solid. Um, they are announcing that they are doing an actual Witcher, uh, Witcher Three Wild Hunt crossover, where um, Geralt from the Witcher series comes in. And as you know, if you've played the Witcher series, he hunts monsters. They hunt monsters in the Monster Hunter world. Um, kind of a fun crossover. They, they drop him in through a portal and kind of have a, a crossover event. I imagine it'll be similar to some of the other stuff they've done, but that's kind of cool to look forward to. Um, not really sure exactly what content will be included in that, but both that event and Archetype and Nurkagante are coming in early 2019. We don't have specific dates yet, but I imagine it's probably Q1. The really big news, however, was that for the most part, Monster Hunter World has had pretty much a year of content drops that have all been entirely free. They've only been selling like some emotes, some stickers, you know, just little cosmetic stuff. But most of the bulk of the content has been free. Um, and I've, I've always complained. I'm like, I, I, I love this game. I love the content it brings. It's extremely good value. I, I wish I could give them money, you know, on, on, on actual content, but they kept releasing all this stuff for free, which is great. You know, that was that was awesome. Um, they announced that the, the the stuff I just talked about is going to be the last of the free content for the initial launch of the game. So they basically did like a, a year of free content and additions on top of the base game. And what they announced is that they're doing basically a full-blown paid expansion called Iceborne, which is going to be a, a paid DLC on top of the main game. And it's going to introduce a new area. It's going to have new monsters. It's going to update some of the original monsters with new move sets. They have, you know, a, a change dynamic, a change sort of gameplay, uh, like some new areas. And this is going to be 
similar to what they have done in the past where they called it G rank, which was basically a expansion, but previously you had to rebuy the game. So you'd buy like monster hunter and then you buy like the, the G rank version of it, which was the same game, but with the DLC tacked onto it, they're not doing that this time. They're, they're going to basically have to just, you can buy the DLC, which is nice. It's a bit more of a modern model, but it's going to pretty much extend the life of the game, presumably for about another year. I imagine they're going to kind of release this expansion and then iterate on it probably for another year or so, depending on um, you know how the finances work and that sort of thing. So this is very exciting. I'm very hyped for it. Um, it'll be a good a good excuse for me to go back to the game. Uh, only downside is that it is a ways off still. Again, no exact dates, but they're saying fall of 2019. So you're looking probably Q3, Q4 uh, next year. So it's going to be a while, but I'll definitely be hopping on this and in in buying that, uh, no information on price point quite yet, but my guess is it'll probably be, you know, 40 bucks, something like that. But believe me, the, the wealth of content that this game gives you, absolutely worth the price. Um, so if you enjoyed the first game, uh, you should definitely, you know, keep an eye out for this one. Um, I believe, and I don't have the details in front of me, I'll have to look it up in a bit here, but they're also going to be doing a free demo of the base game coming up here pretty soon here. So if you haven't tried Monster Hunter World, it is not a game that I can recommend to everyone. It's kind of a, a, a unique niche sort of title, but they are going to be doing a demo you can download and try and play with people who have the paid copy of the game and, and kind of give a, get a feel for it. So it's it's worth trying. Um, if you had all of you heard about the series or have some, some tangential in, um, interest in it, so I'd give it a shot. But uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, yeah, so you know, here's to another year of, of good Monster Hunter content, and it should be pretty exciting. So we'll keep you posted as more information comes out, but uh, it should be good. What do you need? So that is kind of the, the bulk of the, the, the topics we wanted to cover today. And we kind of want to transition into our guest, Nomex, who came here and wanted to talk about uh, what he does and you know, kind of expand upon what he talked about last time, as well as some new news that he's kind of been working with. So uh nomex jade you kind of want to take this one from here sure so uh our buddy nomex like i said he's he's a long time friend of the show uh and, and in fact you know long time kind of gaming buddy with uh with me and pokey uh specifically so one of the things that, that we were very interested in was you know sort of what no what nomex does for a living like in, in the real world uh, when he was on the show the last time, we talked a, a little bit about it, like some of the efforts that uh, that we do in terms of how do you use gaming uh, in venues outside of just purely entertainment. And there's a lot of crossover in that, and there's a lot of interesting business opportunities out there, uh, which we went into. Now, specifically, one of the things that um, that Nomex has been kind of getting into is how how do you start to look at the world uh, from you know maybe a business sense, but really just an opportunity sense, when there's a lot of different things happening in the gaming world, all the way from uh, the esports boom that's occurring right now, which is is pretty big. And we said it, you know, said it before. When you when you look at ESPN and you see they've got an esports page, you know it's hit the big time. Uh, but there's quite a bit of that bit of that going on, all the way to at, at first what could be sort of humorous articles. Uh, that you might see that say, you know, talk about moms or families hiring uh, Fortnite coaches for, for kids. Uh, that's actually a very real thing. Uh, so on that note, uh, one of the things that uh, Nomex and, and his folks do as, you know, one of their side hustles, so to speak, uh, they use basically modern training and education techniques like adult learning models um, and help people learn how to game a little bit. And in, in 
and in conjunction with that, not just the thumb skills and all that kind of good stuff, but there's a lot of decision making and sort of problem solving skills that go along with that that really apply to a whole lot of different things. Um, so on that note, uh, there's been a few different things that uh, Nomex and the team have been getting getting after that we're very interested to hear about. Uh, so with that, uh, Nomex, I'll turn it over to you for a little bit. If you can give us a little bit of an update on what's been going on since the last time we talked. Why, thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me, that was a uh, wonderful introduction. I appreciate that. Um, yeah, so, you know, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about uh, pre-show. Um, yeah, my, my real life job is with Distributed Security, Inc. Um, and what we do in the real world is we work with individuals and then we teach those individuals how to work with uh, other people. Uh, it could be a spouse, it could be a family member, it could be a workmate, etc. cetera. Uh, how to secure uh, themselves, their families, their businesses, their church, their, their schools, uh, against real life threats. And, you know, my, my background in this goes back into the eighties, uh, when I started teaching and I started coaching, uh, in firearms and tactics. And, uh, you know, that back in, I guess it was 94 ish, 93, 94, uh, 1993, 94, uh, we, uh, I, I started shooting for the Marine rifle team. And one of the things I was introduced to at that time was uh, a gentleman by the name of Lanny Bassam, who uh, has written a book. It's called With Winning in Mind. And uh, Lanny is a two-time Olympic gold medalist in shooting. And what Lanny did was uh, he put together a... Uh, a system of what he called mental management. And uh, in the shooting world and in the tactical world, um, it's kind of uh, the Bible of success. And what we've done over the years is taken Lanny's stuff, used our stuff uh, with Colonel uh, John Boyd, uh, and put all that stuff uh, into what we call a training notebook. And what we do is we use Lanny's principles and uh, we teach people how to, um, I guess the best, uh, uh, hold on here for just a second. The, 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 hold on, give me just a second. Sorry about that. Things are getting a little loud upstairs. Yeah, no problem. Uh, uh, what we have done is uh, we've taken this and we've applied it now into the gaming world. And there are a lot of things that, well, it's what we would call cross-platform compatible. And that is what works in real life also works in the gaming world and vice versa. And so what we do is we use gaming as a way to train people for uh, real life. So for instance, I can uh, teach someone how to use the principles that they're applying in game and use those 
in real life to achieve not just gaming goals, but any real life goal. Um, so it could be sports, it could be gaming, it could be business, um, it could be your personal life uh, in sales, personal relationships, whatever it is, um, we can use these methods uh, into, uh, we can use these methods to help a person achieve whatever goal it is they want to achieve in life. So um, we've been working with this now since I was working with Jay and Pokey back in uh, Dust 514 uh, in old school gamers. Uh, we can use these to pretty much help anybody achieve anything they want to achieve. It's really up to the individual how they want to apply this and what they want to achieve. And so it's been a refining process now. Gosh, it's almost been a decade, hasn't it, guys? It's, it's, it's getting pretty close. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while, man. Yeah, yeah, it's almost been a decade. And so um, we have a – I live in the Quad Cities now, which is uh, in the Davenport area. Uh, and we have a company that just started up out here. It's called Paradigm. Um, you can visit their website, uh, paradigmusa.com. Uh, they're on Twitter, paradigm underscore true. Uh, they just started out here. Uh, they have um, PCs that people come in and play tournaments on. They also have VR, uh, just a ton of VR stalls that people can come in and train in and play with. And they approached, approached us about a, a month ago now. And they said, hey, look, you know, we've kind of looked at what you're doing. We really like it. Would you guys consider coming out here and teaching our clients, uh, which you alluded to, Jay, uh, how to be better at what they're doing, in this case, gaming? And uh, we say, absolutely, we can do that for you. And that's kind of the path we're on now. I have some old dust buddies that uh, we're training up as coaches. Um, and we're actually going to step forward into the gaming world now and deliver this, hopefully, to a much larger market. That's pretty. That's that's actually pretty interesting. So we, when you sent, uh, when you let us know that you were uh, kind of getting involved with Par with Paradigm, I like checked them out. Uh, the, you can find them on the web very easily. It's kind of a neat business model. I, I don't think I've quite seen one like this. Um, it sort of makes sense when you look at it up, you know, up front. Like there's a lot of different, uh, you know, kind of gaming cafes and computer cafes and things like that uh, that are out there. That's that's not a you know that's not a new thing. But these guys they they do quite a bit. I think in the VR space, at least that's what it looks like. And they're also, a, you know, I. I think the way that they're hosting events is pretty interesting as well, too. They're really making a move in terms of trying to add some kind of fairly serious competitive aspects to the kind of gaming there in the kind of the local area where you're at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think they have a lot of foresight here, seeing what's coming down the pike. Uh, as we were talking about prior to the show, I... I think we all agree gaming gaming is starting to come into its own, but I honestly don't think we've even hit the tip of the iceberg yet as far as 
what that benefit in gaming is. And, and you hit on a few of those, uh, Jay. Um, but I think Paradigm here is ahead of the power curve. Uh, they've got a huge market now that is swelling like a tsunami underneath them that I think they can ride forward here, expand greatly. And I think they're hitting the market at just the right time. Yeah. Could you uh, can I kind of recap a little bit about like, um, you know, they had a pretty big tournament here, I think about two weeks ago that kind of made the news actually here, here kind of regionally. Um, could you kind of recap a little bit about how, like sort of how, the, how their model is working in terms of uh, like competitive activity? Sure. Um, I, I can actually do better than that. I think I can bring uh, Chase in here, Chase Newcomb, uh, at some point. If you guys want to bring him in, we can have him in here and explain it in greater detail. But, yeah, that'd be pretty uh, what, cool, actually. Yeah, I, I'd love to do that. I think he'd be happy to come in here. Um, what, what they've done is they've built a facility to use VR in training. Um, and really all that training is is teaching people how to use uh, what we call the decision-making process, observation, orientation, decision, action, in um, making people better at what they do. And uh, I'm sure you're well aware, Jay, that the Department of Navy came out a few years back and they said that gaming makes better soldiers. And really what gaming does is it gives you an opportunity to engage in a decision-making process in a remote setting and make these decisions uh, over and over again, testing your theories, testing your ideas, testing your tactics, testing your operations, testing your strategy, and finding out what actually works. And the benefit really isn't just winning the game. The benefit is really learning how to think and how to adapt to a ever-evolving, ever-changing situation in front of you. So I, I think they're in a position right now uh, to do some really great things. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely, uh, I, I think I think they're on the right track. And like I said, I kind of looked around and I haven't seen anything else quite yet in that niche. But I suspect that there's probably a, a fair amount of things probably locally that it's, it's a little harder to see that, and starting to kind of pick up on on this, on this sort of space. Um, one of the things that's becoming interesting to me, and, and you've got a very neat twi uh, sort of series on Twitch where you go into basically um, teaching people how to sort of game better. Uh, and you, you use a couple different very specific game platforms to do it on. But uh, it's I think it lends itself to a lot of what you're kind of what you're talking about in terms of how do you treat gaming you know more like you treat like a technical sport or a skill uh and while there's a, an intrinsic benefit you get that little dopamine hit of getting a little bit better at the individual game you're playing uh it's, it's it is teaching some problem solving skills uh and, and some different sort of mental mapping and things like that um now the work that you've been doing on twitch like you've got like I said you've got a really cool sort of training notebook series that you kind of go through and i think that's actually an offshoot of what you guys some similar adult learning models you guys use in your like your day your sort of day job if you will uh, how would you see something like that kind of pairing up with some of the work that paradigms doing like where do you where do you think like the biggest intersection between sort of what you were bringing in terms of the you know kind of the training and education world 
and sort of that uh, like competitive scene that uh, that paradigm's trying to foster. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, you know, we we use a primary tool we call it the DAR training notebook, um, which is actually a, a almost <clears throat> excuse me an almost identical copy of our DSI training notebook, Distributed Security Inc. training notebook. Um, they're exact parallels. Um, you know, what one is training in the tactical field and the other is training in the uh, gaming field, but they run parallel courses. Uh, they're almost identical. Obviously, there's some different tweaks for the tactical side, but uh, as far as what we would, there's what Lanny would call the mental management side of gaming. Um, they're, they're identical. You know, the um, humans learn in a specific way. Uh, you know, the, the old bromide is that, you know, you're a visual learner, you're a uh, tactile learner, uh, you're an audio learner, but the reality is everybody's really all of those things and there's a certain way that human beings learn to be very good at what they do uh, a lot of that is quality repetition and quality adapting to the situation and I think that's really what makes gaming so valuable and we were talking about this prior to the show what was the general's name Jay uh, Don Starry. He was uh, he was the former uh, training doctrine commander for the army back in the, the late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, and he, I, I you know just with the discussion, I haven't seen that. I haven't watched the video yet. I think I actually found that since we were chatting. Um, uh, again, this goes back to the Navy's report a couple of years ago that said gaming makes better soldiers, and the reason for that is gaming allows us to get into situations that aren't necessarily real life but what it does is it allows us to get into situations where we can um, hop into a situation that requires us to adapt on the fly to what's happening in front of us which isn't all that dissimilar to what life throws at us on a daily basis so there's a lot of parallel courses here, and as general, is it Starry? Did I get that right? Yep, sure is. As General Starry had intuitively figured out in the late 70s, was this is, I believe strongly, this is the part of the future of training. We, we, I mean, in my real-life job with DSI, we look at gaming very seriously to the point we are probably going to develop our own game, but we already see the benefits that are out there in the various gaming platforms that give people that opportunity to go into a situation uh, numerous times. In you know, for instance, um, what got me thinking about this uh, very seriously was uh, I was working. Um, let's see, it would have been Iraq back in, I think, 2005-ish. And I was working with some fairly high-level operators uh, back then. 
And I remember walking into the common area one day and they were playing Halo and they were playing against each other. And I remember listening to the chatter that was going on. And as the days and weeks and months drew out, how more closely those communications were happening to real life events. So their ability to communicate internally as a team uh, was reflected in their real life ability to communicate as a team. And that's kind of really when it dawned on me that, wow, that's kind of that vision that now that I know about Starry, that vision started to really coalesce for me. I said, man, this is just a, a beautiful way to be able to get people together, have a great time and learn how to work as a team, think as individuals, as a part of a team and have that team dynamic really come to fruition in the game without the loss that real life entails. So, uh, I mean, that's kind of been my passion for a number of years. My, uh, my best friend, my CEO, Mike Smock, we again share this passion because what allows people to do is, you know, you can't often get together as often as you like with the people that your life depends on, unless you're in the military and that's what you get paid for. But the vast majority of civilization isn't in the military. So what it does allow you to do is work with your teammates long distance. And there is a direct correlation with what you're doing in game, the way you communicate in game, the way you think in game, and your teammates understanding, hey, you know, this is where this guy's strong points are. This is the way he does these things, whether it's flanking, whether it's holding, whether it's whatever it is. And people getting to know each other much more intimately, much deeper and under pressure. And, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, in, in gaming, I, everybody has felt that pressure in gaming, you know, that uh, what we call that stress response, uh, being able to think under the pressure of, something not going the way you want it to go and figuring out how you're going to overcome that obstacle. So I'm, I'm just a big fan of this. I think I, 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 I truly believe that gaming is a way to be able to press your training further forward than, rather than having to meet together on a weekly basis and doing it, which very few people can do. Um, but being able to do that in an artificial environment, yeah, uh, still getting those benefits. It's you know, it's it's kind of interesting listening to you talk about that. The uh, so like one of the one of the interesting things I get to do is watch uh, you know my ten year old, and I, I, it's kind of neat for, on my behalf, you know, as a dad. Like I get to use uh, gaming often as a, as a way of teaching some lessons and, and things like that. Just kind of like you were saying, like. If you're playing any game, like there's gonna you're gonna come into that one level of that boss or that that PvP match or wherever where you kind of get owned a little bit and or you you know you, you kind of struggle or you lose lose something that you earned in the game and uh, and you have to it's a tiny little bit of adversity that you have to over overcome and you can work through some neat things you know from from a learning standpoint you know with a kid and that's that's one of the things I've, I've actually had a lot of fun with. Um, my son's really, you know, like, like most kids, 
he's super super into uh to minecraft uh fortnite a little bit it's not really more you know my style of game but he plays a lot but he really likes minecraft and a lot of those uh the building games you know like things like um uh arc and stuff like that where you have to have a fairly deep understanding of how mechanics work and how things interact in the game world and there's a there's just an a broad amount of license in terms of what you can solve and build or what problems you can be presented and then novel ways to solve them. And, uh, that, that I found has been a really fun thing to do is, is working, working that out with him. Um, you know, all the way up to teaching him how to make a plan, you know, something as simple as like, if you want to do X in a game, particularly if it's, it's, if it's a, a deeper game and, you know, there's a, you know, a lot of things going on in it. Like you want to get to a certain capability or, uh, you know, certain kind of item that you want to unlock or some quest that you want to do. And you have to do a lot of pre-planning to kind of branch out almost like a PERT diagram of do this before you do this, do do, before you do this in order to get the outcome you want. Those type of things actually are uh, pretty fun, you know, to, to work through with him. And, and that's, you know, so that's, I get that almost on, on a daily basis, you know, with, uh, here, you know, here at the Jason Hiles household. Uh, but it's, it's pretty cool. And, and I've, I've seen this and I've used it quite a bit, you know, kind of using gaming tools. Uh, the army basically uses a, a version of Arma and I, and I've done that many times in my day job, uh, with, with the United States army. Uh, one of the other things that's actually kind of interesting, it, we use a lot of these tools. Uh, more of the simulations functions, you know, there, there's the training aspect that you get and the learning aspect, but there's a lot of times you can do things you could never do in real life. So, for example, uh, you know, one of my primary uh, things, things that I work on nowadays is robotics for the, for, for the military, uh, for both the Army and the Marine Corps. And in order to, right. in a, yeah, there you go. And in order to test these things out, um, you have to, basically simulate how would how would people utilize different robotic systems and frankly the you know the, the method we use is is a game system uh there's we have custom built software that we use uh and and it's it's pretty robust in terms of allowing you know people we bring in soldiers and marines and we give them a set of tactical parameters you know the, the mission if you will and then we give them a briefing on here are the tools that you now have how would you solve these tactical problems differently? And so we, we go through that and, and there's a, there's a ton of different aspects to it. But like, like I said, I, I think it's, you know, gaming simulations, working in a virtual environment, those things are, you know, for here to stay for just entertainment as well as uh, just professional activities, I think forever now, it's just how things are going to be. Um, so now I, I did have a couple of questions for you real quick. Um, now you guys, I think still use battlefield quite heavily right in a lot of the work you guys do that's correct so now i'm kind of curious what drew you to that platform versus other ones and then if have you been eyeing any different games or gaming platforms out there in the near future that you guys might want to take a a leap to uh to kind of achieve some of the things that you're you're doing at work yeah that's a great question actually and a really good tie-in because i love the fact that you play with your son um it uh, okay. So I was telling you guys pre-show how I, uh, I I started looking when a buddy of mine uh, I, I remember his name. I'm not going to give the last name now, but James um, introduced me to Halo, 
and then watching my teammates later on play Halo. Um, what that got me to do uh, was kind of starting to broaden my horizons on, okay, so I'm uh, just kind of, you know, put yourself in that situation. I'm, I'm uh, deployed, I'm in Afghanistan, and this was 04. And, uh, you know, I've got four boys back home and I, I got no time with my kids. So what we started doing, and this goes, this goes back to CCP and, um, we started playing Eve online and, uh, my son, Chris Tuvia Percival on online, um, uh, we started, uh, playing Eve online and, uh, we were playing a uh, logistics role. And I, I started doing that online specifically to be able to spend time with my kids when I was in Kona stateside. And uh, we use Battlefield specifically because, for instance, Battlefield 3 is a pretty solid game. I know it's old. I know it's ancient. Uh, but it's still out there. You can still get on those servers. Uh, it's a pretty solid game. The, the mechanics are pretty good. Uh, and it's inexpensive. So that's really the reason we went with the Battlefield series. It's just really easy uh, and affordable for most people to get in that game. Um, but then again, let's look back at that EVE Online, that transition uh, back to EVE Online. It really doesn't matter the game. Um, are we looking at anything in particular? Uh, not really, because the principles, if you will, of mental management, of um, learning how to unlock Colonel John Boyd's white box, if you will, and how to apply that applies universally. Any game, uh, any, uh, any endeavor you have, it really doesn't matter. You could, uh, we were talking about Paradigm and uh, the tournament they had recently, uh, which was um, League of Legends. Um, and what was that? Uh, Michigan came out on top, um, which was a bummer because I was rooting for Iowa. And uh, they were, <laughs> I think, the last, last well, yeah, I mean, uh, they, were, they were, I think they were the last two, uh, the last two matches. I'm not a big wall guy, but it really doesn't matter what game you're playing. Uh, the principles are universal. What you're trying to do is get into your adversary's decision-making process. And it, 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 it's not about being able to um, stomp them at any one point. It's really about being able to, yeah, this is getting a lot deeper than we need to get into it, but it's really about being able to get in their heads and dominate them at the psychological level. So, um, uh, I, 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 we can take this, apply it to any game, apply it to any endeavor. I don't care for your sales, car sales, land sales, anything. If you know, you're a CEO, if you know, you're a uh, marketer, whatever it is, it, it's, uh, all universal. John Boyd's decision-making process is universal. If it doesn't matter, it applies everywhere, everything it is, uh, my good friend and CEO, Mike Smock, says uh, Boyd is in the details. Yep. No, I, I think that's I think that's a pretty good capture on it. Um, so now I'm I'm kind of curious. Like, so obviously you have a you you got a lot of gaming for work going on. You know that's and 
most people think, wow, that sounds like a, that, that's a great gig to be in. It's, um, you know, I, t I try to tend to remind people that, uh, like, just because you use the word gaming doesn't mean it's, it's, it can't be work and sometimes work can not be fun. Uh, but I'm kind of curious, like when you just want to like blow off some steam or if you want to like, uh, kind of get into some things, what, you know, what different style of games do you play just to play? Like what's your kind of like, uh, uh, one or two of your go-to games where you're just like, you know, you're not, you're not in, in training or teaching mode or anything like that. You just want to kind of like have some fun. Yeah, so until it shut down, it was Dust 514. Um, I, um, I, I, I go back to Battlefield. I'm in a Battlefield 4 now, but you guys uh, at the beginning of the show uh, were talking about Destiny. You know, I, I, I love my individual achievement. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I love dominating individually, but my high, my high is uh, working with a team and coming into you know there's this meme on the internet it's like uh it's like when you join a game late and uh they have the um was it pirates of the caribbean that commodore uh, walking down uh the stairs and the cannonballs are shooting left and right and that's what you feel yeah. like when you're being dominated uh i love coming into that situation Working with a team and then coming out on top. I, 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 I I'm obviously a first-person shooter guy. Uh, I liked Eve Online when I was playing it with my boys, uh, and you know, I, you know, that brings. I, I'm not tooting my own horn here, but I, I remember going to Eve Online, and we'd play the incursions, and uh, like I said, my son and I, we would play logistics heavily and we, you know, we used to go into a system and we type in there you know x amount of games zero ships lost and people would come across and they'd be like that's bullshit you can't play that many games and never lose a ship and i was like you have no idea bro you have no idea yeah that's <laughs> we've never lost a ship and i love coming into a situation uh with a team and overcoming whatever those obstacles are because those are the highest highs and you know at the same time when you when you don't achieve that those are some of the lowest lows and uh I, i'm a first person shooter i i you know you guys got me thinking about destiny now you I, definitely anthem is looking appealing to me um but you know quite honestly since uh, i've lost dust since we've lost dust collectively um i i just have not yet you know, i i what was that? Niasan in uh, Niasan in Dust Five One Four used to go around stomping people all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Niasan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I remember going in there and just frustrating the shit out of those guys, man. You know, I mean, they still might kick our ass, but it was nothing like they thought it would be an ass kicking. You know, they're coming in their proto suits. We're coming in there with our basics, and we're giving them a run for their money, and we would win in basic suits occasionally. Um, and it wasn't because we were cheap. It was just like, hey, okay. It was partially because we were cheap, but uh, it was fun to kick the shit out of protos in basic suits. No, I think that's absolutely accurate. Um, the I'm kind of curious. Have you? Um, what do you think about like kind of the more open world game model that's coming out there? That's I, I think that's much much more pervasive now. Kind of the games as service kind of activities where there's a much 
deeper engagement, um, you know, the kind of what was traditionally in the world of, you know, things like World of Warcraft, EverQuest, I mean, that was sort of its own sort of specific genre, but that style of, uh, you know, sort of uh, ongoing game world where there's a deep kind of saturation into it, uh, you know, what what's your thoughts on that? I'm, I'm kind of curious because I can see a day at some point where, and you kind of saw a little tiny bit of that with with Dust, uh, and you see some of it going on with uh, some of the other other systems and games that are out there where there's like a um, basically a a building aspect, a community aspect, uh, in addition to kind of the minute to minute gameplay elements. Do you do you kind of dig that kind of stuff, uh, or are you sort of more in the you know just get straight to action kind of kind of business? It's almost like the you know the the you know the game outside of the in match part of the game, so to speak. Yeah, um, my heart um, uh, rests right now in the hands of CCP with Project Nova. Um, and and having said that, uh, I, I, whether CCP is uh, successful with Project Nova or not, I foresee a universe. Um, what is that? Star Citizen? What, what, what's the other one? That's the, uh, uh, yeah. Other, uh, otherwise known as, uh, Robert space industries, uh, yeah, like yeah. Token and hooker money fund. Yeah, exactly. Whether CCP does it or Robert space industry does it, somebody out there is going to do it. And I, 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 for me, for me, that's a, a huge attraction because, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go back, uh, tie this into halo. I remember going, grinding in halo uh when that recon armor you had to just jump through eternal hoops and grind away to get that recon armor and then they came out with an x build and everybody pretty much got that recon armor for free um uh and that's what ties it back to me is i do want that persistent universe um i'm 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 bummed that uh dust 514 uh didn't stay consistent and just keep building. I, and don't get me wrong. I, I understand why it didn't happen. So I'm not knocking CCP for that, but yeah, that's, that's my, my thing is, you know, I would love to get into a game. I, it could have been Halo. Uh, it could have been, it could be any other game really that has first person shooter elements to it where I can work closely with my team and continue to build on, what I had a decade ago. I mean, you know, I, I, w I would love for that to have been Dust 514. You could, you can still do it today uh, in EVE Online, uh, but I'm not an EVE Online guy and I, I have no heartburns with EVE Online. I know millions of people enjoy that. Um, and I still hold a character over in EVE Online. Uh, but yeah, give me Project Nova, give me a persistent universe where what I did last year, five years ago, a decade ago, or longer, still matters today because I got whatever awards, skins, weapons, whatever it was, matter today. I'm fully vested in that. Okay, I mean, I think that sounds like a that sounds like a winner, man. Uh, I, I really like where you're coming from on that in terms of uh, you know taking a look at things that. You know how do how do you how do you play a game that matters to you and then kind of build something around that? That was always one of the, the big attractions to me. Once I got introduced to online gaming, not just uh, you know the solo gaming or uh, or couch co-op, but it's the ability to 
kind of uh, you know started to build that sort of online community, which is is much more. It's just sort of a matter of course. Like it, I, I suspect if I was twenty and I tried to describe to somebody, yeah, I've got friends that I've never physically met before, but I've I've hung out with them for two or three years. That would sound incredibly odd twenty years ago. Whereas now that is not crazy. You know, I I, I mean, look, look, the three of us, like you, me, and Pokey, we've known each other for a long time and have not like physically seen each other eyeball to eyeball, uh, which is is it's a fascinating sort of thing, you know, in uh, in sort of our our culture nowadays, uh, but. You know, like I said, it's it's one of those things where we kind of, uh, you know, uh, use gaming to meet people that you normally wouldn't have met, and you you always tend to find uh, you, you find some interesting people, uh, and and you can develop some great relationships, and and often you can kind of use that as a, as a good kind of kind of growth tool for yourself while you're having a lot of fun. So I, I think that's a that's a solid win. I, I absolutely agree with you there. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've had not a lot of interest in uh some of the other games but you guys yeah you're absolutely right it's i was describing this to a close relative of mine recently and she's like ah, you know i don't understand this whole thing and i'm like you know you get the highest highs and the lowest lows of your life and you actually get to understand how people think in those situations you know and again that's not just um a gaming thing i i've i've seen that in real life i've seen that in Afghanistan. I've seen that in Iraq. I've seen that with operators who are actually working together in game and how tightly that gaming experience draws teams together or devastates them depending on, you know, the, the people that they are, the leadership that they have and, and the way they approach the game. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I am a huge fan of gaming and the benefits it can bring to society. Uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. That, that's that's good to go, man. I was just agreeing with you. It's uh, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely one of those things where it's it's kind of an interesting time to to be alive on this one. So, um, I think we're we're starting to run a little bit long on the show. So we'll probably go ahead and sort of bring this one to a close. But that was, as always, it's uh, a a surprisingly uh, you know kind of mature conversation uh, when we bring you on because we get to talk about diff different things other than sort of what's the, the latest kind of hot take on different things that we're doing. Um, we may actually have to kind of tie in some of the stuff that you do on Twitch and uh, some of the, a little bit of the game stuff that we've been kind of touring around with might be kind of fun to hop on uh, for a little bit of a collaboration at some point, but uh, once you tell everybody where we can find you at, like uh, what your Twitter and your Twitch handles are. Absolutely. I, uh, we are uh, Direct Action Resources, uh, directactionresources.com. That'll give you the link to our Discord. Uh, on uh, Twitch, I am uh, NomexG001. Uh, on uh, Twitter, I am uh, Nomex uh, underscore G, I believe, uh, as well. Uh, but they're all linked back to the Twitter. And I would say that if you're going to check us out, uh, I haven't been on Twitter for a while. I've got some technical issues I'm working through in real life. Uh, uh, you can check us out on YouTube, NomexG on YouTube, Direct Action Resources on YouTube as well. 
Sounds good, man. Uh, as always, we greatly appreciate you coming on the show. It's always fun to have you on and kind of uh, like knock some things around. Uh, Pokey, Livy, do you guys have any other uh, closeout activities or shout outs for the uh, for the day? No, uh, Livy stepped away for a second, but I mean, no, I mean, just shout out to Nomex for coming back on the show. I think what you do is is absolutely fascinating. It's something that isn't being as explored as much as I would like it to be explored by you know other people, but seeing people like you, you know, get out there and pioneer this stuff, it, it's fascinating. So you're always welcome to come and, and talk about what you're doing and we're happy to have you. Um, yeah, I, I, I miss playing with you guys, man. I mean, I remember the day uh, back with Dust 514 and um, we, I, you know, I don't care, man, what the game is. You guys let me know. I'll, I'll hop in there. I'm obviously the noob, but uh, definitely love to get back in there. I really appreciate being back on the show, getting to chat with you guys. We don't get to chat nearly as much as I would like to, but I uh, definitely love to uh, work with you guys a little bit more. And if I can give a shout out, is that cool? Yeah, yeah go for it, man. Go ahead, man. I want to give a shout out to my lovely wife. You know, she's my lover. She's my best friend, man. She is in my soul. She is uh, everything that supported me for the past decade and in, in, in pursuing this kind of thing. And it's uh, I'm, I'm the kid in the candy store, and she's the one that uh, uh, really kind of encourages me to do that and uh, supports me in doing that. And my shout out goes to my lovely wife. That's awesome. I'm gonna. I'm just absolutely gonna assume she's probably staring at you, waiting on you to get done so you can take the garbage out too. By the way. <laughs> she's uh waiting on me to get done so we can have family night and uh, go play uh uh you know i could i, I don't know i'll be playing taboo or uh you know uh something like that but yeah she, she's not staring at me but uh she's my sweetheart <laughs> no that's that's a good one man uh i don't really have a whole lot of shout outs for the uh, for the evening again thank you very much to our guest nomex for coming on greatly appreciate it uh and thanks again for uh everybody out there uh kind of following us on uh, on Twitter and continuing to kind of support the show. Like I said, we're not, not certainly not the biggest uh, podcast in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but we really have a lot of fun doing this. Uh, and frankly, this is the kind of conversation that we would have, whether anybody listened or not. This is just a really good uh, reason for friends to get together and have a good good chat talking about, you know, what, whatever we want to in the world of uh, kind of gaming movies and whatever else we want that crosses our mind. So, again, thank you very much from the Biomass Group. Uh, good night and good luck. Thanks.